How can you be part of a religious community that straight up denies Sometimes science it feels like the church is trying to hold The church seems to be stuck in their ways when the rest of the Why are they so obsessed with They keep trying to get answers, but they don't even know the questions we're asking. The church is the most vocal political voice against immigrants. Some churches still don't want to claim that worship was the actual how can your story be good that is from the majority of people on the church seems to be stuck in ways when the rest of the like, culture how is that actually it seems like so much of the church is being a good anti-critical they are being homophobic too narrow judgmental disconnected from what is truly happening in the real world <sighs> the church needs therapy welcome to the newest episode of the church needs therapy now, I took a week off, and I'm back. There's there's maybe a few reasons why I took a, a week off, but one of those was I was having technical difficulties with my mic. See, here's what happened. I had a microphone that I liked, that I thought sounded good. That stopped working. Reasons aren't important. I bought a replacement mic that wasn't as expensive, wasn't as high of quality. And I don't know how long I thought I was going to use it. Maybe I thought this one isn't that much of a difference. Maybe I can get away with it. And a friend of mine from California let me know that that microphone was not up to par. So shout out my guy Danny Wao, who I've known forever. Dan is the CTO of a great company in LA. I'm not going to say what that company is because I don't know how, you know, fancy people like him when it comes to privacy or jobs or where they work. And he's very fancy. And I call him Supreme Dan because, you know, he's like a hype beast on the side. Great guy, friend and supporter of me and our church and just everything I'm involved in for a long time. So he heard my last podcast. He posts on his Instagram story saying something about my audio. And then I text him back and we're texting back and forth. And he's just telling me straight up, like in, in his own way, that this is not okay. And then like the great friend and supporter he is, he Venmos me money and says, go get a new microphone. So now what you are hopefully hearing is an increased quality of sound and a vibrancy and a fullness and a crispiness. And that is all thanks to my guy, Dan Iwao. It's great to have friends who not only love you, but who also support you and love you enough to tell you the truth if th things sound horrible and also love you enough to help you move forward when it does when things are bad so this episode is brought to you in part by my good friend Dan Iwao and that's it I'm not going to affirm him or say any more nice things maybe until I do his wedding out here in Hawaii in a few months next year so here's what I'm calling the episode this week. Toxic positivity, crack house churches, and Will Smith. It flows in part out of a sermon I just gave, 
mixed with an old teaching I heard from Peter Rollins about crack house churches, along with a, a trailer that I saw for a new, it's a new show that Will Smith has as a YouTube original. So let's start with toxic positivity. A few weeks ago, I reminded our community, I reminded the people who are a part of Imagine, that this ancient story that we're telling in the Christian tradition, this ancient story that we're telling from the Bible, this ancient story we're telling about Jesus, is one that is about suffering and rising. It's about crucifixion and resurrection. It's about death and it's about new life. And so telling this story of crucifixion and resurrection in the first century, in, in, in the initial wake of the crucifixion and resurrection, one of the greatest stumbling blocks for people to receive the good news and to follow the way of Jesus was this idea of death and resurrection. And what I would argue is in our culture, there is still a massive resistance to this path of death and resurrection. But I also want to say that that resistance is not always philosophical or material. In the sense of somebody might say, how can you believe somebody literally rose from the dead? Or somebody saying that they don't believe that kind of, you know, a death and rising to happen. And in our culture, I think there is a powerful resistance to this path of death and resurrection, but it's for reasons that most people wouldn't expect. See, in our culture, one of the ways I see a very public resistance to the story and to the path of suffering and rising is through what is often called toxic positivity. I don't know if you ever heard that phrase before. But toxic positivity involves dismissing negative emotions and responding to distress with false reassurances rather than empathy. Right? We're dismissing negative emotions and responding to the presence of pain with false reassurances rather than empathy. And usually, this is like a little side note, but toxic positivity comes from feeling uncomfortable with negative emotions. And the things people say often while they're well-intentioned can end up causing alienation or disconnection with the people who are receiving these positive cliches when there's really something deeper going on. So let's think about a few ways that we see this version of toxic positivity in our culture. Well, one, in the workout, fitness uh, entrepreneur, Gary V, go-getter, David Goggins, I was going to say Tony Romo, but he was a quarterback, Tony Robbins, that whole kind of energy, and I'm not overgeneralizing, I'm just drawing from different parts of what people, what these different people say. It's this culture where everything has to be optimum all the time, right? You're opt- How do you optimize your output? How do you maximize your energy? How do you live on the edge 
of your fullness and your optimal life and this supreme energy and like diesel feel as if we are all Mack trucks just waiting to go on these long trips, right? We live in this culture where it's how do you optimize your energy all the time? The second part of that, another way of thinking about toxic positivity is that culture of wake up and grind every day. You have to crush every day. There are no bad days. You can be happy every day. You can live, you can have an attitude of gratitude because if you do that, then you can reach your altitude. I kid you not. I heard a Peloton instructor say that today. He's like, here's my message for today. Something about your attitude and when it's gratitude and you can reach an altitude, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to throw my phone at the wall right now. And also it's, 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 it's all a mindset. Think positive. It's positive energy. It's positive thoughts. It's a positive mindset. And usually you can tell the greatest preachers of the gospel of toxic positivity because when they speak their eyes, you can't see what I'm doing right now, but their eyes get really big and they smile a little more than is probably healthy. Right, wake up and be the best version of you and be positive. It's all a mindset and you can agree. Do, do you, have you ever heard these YouTube videos before, these short TikTok videos, these things that pop up on Instagram, right? We've all, we're inundated with these messages. Like, hey, just want to let you know, you know, it's, it's been tough because, you know, my grandma, yeah, my, my grandma just died. Well, don't mourn her death. Be grateful for her life. Celebrate her life. Okay, yeah, it's just, you know, I feel like I've just been falling into this deep, deep depression yesterday. You just got to think positive. It's all a mindset, bro. Look how much you have to be happy for. Okay? Okay, let me take a deep breath. There was a young man who came to Imagine four or five years ago. And he had this very intense presence, right? He kind of had those eyes I was describing. And as he got to know more people, he, and he didn't even know people that well yet. Cause like oftentimes toxic positivity folks, you're going to know where they stand and how positive they are very quickly, right? They're not going to sh be shy about that at all. And this young man who's probably in his early twenties, maybe at the time, he was telling people in the church all about positive thinking, right? To the point where he believed things like cancer come from negative thinking. I, I think he says something like that. And that he believes things like cancer can be solved by positive thinking. Like even getting cancer is somehow connected to a positive mindset and beating cancer. One of the most deadliest things we can face is somehow possible through being positive and what thinking happy thoughts. And I remember sitting him down. I, you know, like kind of not confronted him, but I just talked to him and I know people like that when you hold them accountable and question what they think and let them know they're not just going to be able to go nuts and say these outlandish things, usually they'll stop saying them, you know, or they just stop coming around when, whenever they're questioned or held accountable. But his toxic positivity was to the point where he even thought cancer 
was a result of negative and positive thinking, which is ignorant and naive and foolish. And did I say ignorant? Right. And also, and I love Peloton. I'm sitting by a Peloton bike my wife got for her birthday about a year ago. I love it. We both use it. I have my my people, you know, the 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 teachers that I like. But some of the stuff they say, right? You, you now you're a part of my wolf pack. No, I'm not. You know what? You just did that. It's time to put on your crown right now. No, I'm good. Right? Don't think, just do. And I'm thinking, what does that even mean? Don't think, just do. I just do anything right now. It's there's there's different versions of this toxic positivity all around us. Have you ever shared something with someone that's hard and they hit you with these cliches about being positive? And it's not that what they're saying in and of itself is wrong or bad. It just doesn't feel appropriate or wise for the moment. Right? Toxic positivity is not all of the positivity, the affirmations, the encouragement, the good words, the belief things can change. Those are all good things. But those cliches that people spout off so quickly with those massive smiles, so often they are said during times where it's totally inappropriate, unhelpful. And what we discover in the definition is usually the toxic positivity kind of language and culture. It's the dismissing of the of the hard parts of reality. It's the dismi- dismissing of pain that is happening through just... I feel like they're putting, it's like putting a positive, like a happy face, a band-aid with a happy face on it, on a gunshot wound. Like, that's what it feels like. It's like, here you go. Here's a happy face. And you're like, that doesn't really help right now. Because on one level, toxic positivity is an avoidance of pain, a denial of reality, and it's always a shallow substitute for real Christ-shaped hope. A Christ-shaped hope that says we don't live above the pain, the darkness, and the suffering. We actually live in the midst of it, and there is a force of love and life strong enough to lead us through it. The Christ-shaped hope is always leading us through, not keeping us above it when we're trying to avoid. And, And here's the thing. The church has its own version of this. When you talk to a Christian and share your struggle and all the person offers you is shallow cliches, glib sayings, or even worse, just throws Bible verses at you like it's going to solve everything. Have you ever had that experience? Something hard is happening and the happy Christian, the person who's always positive is just like, well, you know, it's like God's just God's in control, you know, or God has a plan. Or, you know, God always works things together for those who are good or whatever Romans 8, 38 through 8, 39 says verbatim. And what you want to say is it's not that you disagree with those things, but it feels off, right? It feels misplaced, mistimed, insensitive. When a person doesn't, it feels like you're not being taken seriously. It feels like your negative emotions are being dismissed because they are. And it feels like while that person's intentions might be good, 
they're they're trying to help but they're not and they might actually be making it worse and hurting you in the process which makes me remember i can't even remember over 10 years ago i remember the great irish philosopher and writer of pyrotheology peter rollins talking about this idea of a crack house church and it sounds crazy, but he makes a great point where he talks about how too many churches function like a crack house. So you think someone is dealing with pain and goes out and drinks and gets high. But the next day you have a come down, so you have to go out and do it again. You come down, you keep doing it, you go out, you get high, you come down, you do it over and over and over. Just like a person who would be going to a crack house is going to get high to escape and eventually they're faced with reality and they have, they're in a cycle now. And what Rollins says is the church can be a civil version of going out to party on a Friday or a Saturday night. It can be a civil, socially acceptable, and even respectable version of going to a crack house. Because what he says is if we're singing and praying and quoting Bible verses and in the process of it, dismissing negative emotions, suppressing the issues in our shadow, avoiding the real pain that we carry, and, and using these things as a way to forget about our problems. If we're doing these things, hearing sermons, singing, doing whatever we're doing, to feel good in the moment without ever actually facing the parts of us that need to be healed, then the person going to church is treating church and sermons and religious stuff the same way a person is relating to drugs, alcohol, or whatever they're using to escape. Do you see the connection there? One, you might see the drugs can be more destructive long-term. Sure, okay. But in some way, they're both ways we can use and relate to, not as a way of being led through our pain, but actually as ways of escaping from our pain. Which is why the question is, are we being transformed through the hard things or are we just, do we just keep returning to things that give us temporary relief from hard things? Right? I remember a story of a pastor at an altar call. I may, I may have shared this on the podcast before. I actually don't remember, but I remember being at a massive mega church in LA when I was in my early twenties and, there's this altar call and there's hundreds of people that come down to the stage. And when I tell this story, I always tell people and I was the first time I saw it, I was in awe. And then after a few weeks, I realized, oh, it's the same hundreds of people who go down to the front every week. Um, and after that pastor was done, he's at the altar call. He's saying, you know, does anyone here have anxiety? And people raise their hands. And he just says, you know, in the name of Jesus right now, your anxiety has gone. He said something like that. In the name of Jesus, your, <coughs> oh, excuse me. In the name of Jesus, your anxiety has gone right now. And I remember seeing this young woman next to me who, you know, need, wants to believe her anxiety. She can be liberated from her anxiety, needs to hear a message of hope, right? Let's just say she's a very vulnerable person. And I thought about her. I said, man, what happens when she leaves today and she feels great? She doesn't have anxiety. And she's just like, oh my gosh, like God heal me. What about the next day when she gets jolted and the anxiety comes back? What about 
two days later when it's rising again? What about the next Friday when it's fully back to where it was? What happens to that young person who believed this magical incantation from the pastor as if anxiety is something that can be just prayed away in a second? To me, that would be another form of of the church's version of toxic positivity. These simple solutions to deep problems that don't actually work and give people a false sense of hope and actually makes them struggle even more in the future when it doesn't actually come through. So much of church culture is victory, triumph, winning, success. Every story has a bow in the end. There's always a victory. It's always spun into something good. Whenever I see the story of Jesus being told as constant victory, constant success, constant triumph, constant positivity without integrating the cross and death and letting go and acceptance and the darkness into that journey. What I see are people and what I see are communities that are still unable to embrace and accept and confront the darkness that is truly present in our world and in our own lives. I remember being at that same church actually in my 20s and there was this old Hillsong United song. It's a worship band if you don't know that. I remember being 21 or something in that place singing. It's like a war chant. It's like a war cry. And the drums are playing and there's this massive auditorium and it's huge and the sound system is just insane. And the chorus, I'm actually going to sing part of this right now. So there you go. I remember part of the bridge or chorus was like, Shout out to God with the voice of triumph. Shout out to God with the voice of praise. If you know the song, sing it with me. Shout out to God with the voice of triumph. We lift your name up. We lift your name up. It really felt like that. And I remember being in that place and singing that song and having a visual in my imagination thinking I could tackle a bear or a lion right now. I'm so freaking pumped up. Like, I know I couldn't, but it feels like you could. But I also know now it's easier to get pumped up than it is to actually grow up. It's easier to get pumped up than it is to actually wake up day by day into the presence of God. And even why I'm thinking about all this or why I think it's important is because hope Israel, things can get better. You can be liberated more. You can be more free. You can transcend the current barriers and limitations. You can be more alive, have more joy, have more peace. I wouldn't do any all the things I do if I didn't believe that and know it for myself. But what I see are unhealthy forms of toxic positivity in our culture as a whole and being perpetuated through the church where it's like a false sense of hope that shows people that's possible but does not give them the proper directions to actually move forward on that path. It's like they're giving, they're telling people about this amazing destination but not giving people the right directions to get there. And to me, that is misleading and it's misguiding. And for a lot of people, it ends up being very deflating and depleting and discouraging. Encouragement, affirmation, positivity, 
belief in better things. That's those are all good things. We're all thankful for our Enneagram seven adventurous friends who always want to see the positive and want to lead us on more fun things. So I need I need those people in my life. But toxic positivity helps us makes us believe we can operate at this optimal, always crushing it, no bad days level all the time. And that just isn't how life works. Christ-shaped hope says there is a force of life and love that will hold you together when it feels like things are falling apart, that'll put you back together when you have fallen apart, that will love you through everything, especially on the bad days, especially in the hard times, and especially in the moments of pain that make can make things feel dark. I mean, there's this great Brene Brown quote where she said, I hoped faith would be an epidural for pain. Turns out to be a midwife who says, push, I'm here. Sometimes it hurts. And then she wrote on this tweet, damn it. Because we wish it was, we wish we could just get inspired. Sometimes what we're seeking through inspiration is only going to come through real transformation. Sometimes inspiration's great. I was just, after Imagine, like last night, I was talking to a couple of athletes from the university who were there and we were talking about these things. And I'm like, look, all the, the positivity, the getting pumped up, the watch a Kobe Bryant video on YouTube or watch somebody give an inspirational speech. I'm like, that's all good for the right time. If you want to get pumped up before you go play, that's fine. If you want to get inspired to just for a spark to do something, that's great. And I also told them in the reverse is true. Like if you're going to go into whatever a match a game or whatever you know whatever sport you're playing right before you walk out where you need to be laser focused and pumped up you probably don't lean to that person and say hey tell me about all the ways your mom's hurt you and how that still affects you today like that isn't the right time for it in the same way the inspir- there's times where you need to be inspired there's times where you need to be deeply transformed There's times where you need a spark to get the engine going, and there's times where you need to stop long enough to see what is really not working in your life. So positivity is not bad, but toxic positivity is the using of cliches, glib answers, a false sense of reassurance, and all those crazy things that we see as a way of avoiding the darkness, which is really avoiding the cross, but the story is suffering and rising. The story is cross and resurrection. And I say all this even with the crack house church and all of this is just about learning to be honest. Right? I wrote down right before I recorded, you can be honest and still be loved. That is one way to capture the good news of grace and waking up and experiencing the presence of God for yourself. You can be honest and still be loved. And the reason why I brought up Will Smith for this was I saw this Will Smith video. Like it was a trailer for his new thing. And it's out right now. If you listen to this, the first two episodes just released. I watched the first episode. But just based on looking at the trailer, the whole thing is I was on this journey to lose weight. The journey's much deeper than I thought. And he'll he kind of says things that capture this. This whole Will Smith, you know, is a construction. I'm actually a coward. 
it's as if there's all of this, there's things I'm discovering about myself I never knew, right? So there's probably healing he has to go through. There's insecurities he has to face. There's weaknesses within him. There's darkness within him. There's unprocessed pain within him. There's stuff that he's hidden in his shadows. There's no shame about that. But why that trailer stuck out to me was over the years, Will Smith, this is no judgment on his value as a human being, but he is one of, he's been one of those toxic positivity guys in many ways to me. I love him. He's hilarious. He's a great actor. Love Fresh Prince. Grew up on him like everyone else. But he's one of those optimum prime. What's your best version of yourself all the time? Let's go. You can be positive. Turn a bad into a good. Like he has that kind of Dwayne the Rock Johnson energy of like just grind it all the way through and you can be happy all the time. He has that aura and energy about him. And now at 52, what he's saying to the world in his own way is maybe there's a lot more beneath the surface, behind the smile, behind the performance, behind the entertainment and behind all my great quotes to get inspired. There's a lot more here I haven't fully been honest about. That is the journey from toxic positivity to going into the depths of your life and discovering a real Christ-shaped hope. So this is a journey about honesty. This is the recognition that the Christ-shaped hope that is offered from God is so much of a better story and better news than the toxic positivity that just wants you to get pumped up. And it still captures the depth of, of, of hope and a vision for the future, but it gives you a much more accurate map of how to actually get there.